we were in the the infamous ice cream barn and you were like jess i know we're in line for ice cream but i just need to ask you do you feel like you're living your best creative life and i said absolutely without hesitation and you said i might want to ask you more about that with a few more microphones Welcome to You Can Do It, Do It, a podcast with J.P. Camara and Steve Carroll, where we interview people whose lives were transformed by trying something new. So what, what does living your best creative life entail for you? I think when you go to sleep at night and you ask, did I do everything that I could do creatively? Do I feel creatively satisfied? Or is there still something inside of me that is not yet explored or said? As of this point in life, when I go to sleep, I feel like, yeah, like I I did everything I could do today. Definitely might not be that tomorrow and hasn't been that for a long time, but I don't know. That's where I'm at. So Yeah. So what what causes this like current sense of creative satisfaction? So I think I'm in a really um well, I suppose it's interesting to me, maybe not for for everyone else, but I have kind of a hybrid corporate creative job, which is a privilege to be creatively satisfied in because that's a whole other conversation, but to be in a corporate job that you feel creatively satisfied in is extremely rare and absolutely a privilege. But I also have some things outside of work that feed me creatively that in times when I felt less satisfied in my job, I've been able to kind of come home to and pour all the excess energy I feel into that. So it's definitely like an ebb and flow of two different parts of life. One of them is I work for a corporation that pays me to be creative, which whatever that is tangibly measured by and then one part of life that no one's technically no one's paying me to do (laughs) (laughs) I guess technically no one's paying me to do and is purely like I need to do this because I just have to Mm. so yeah and I mean it makes sense like right we're not visiting you at work and doing this podcast we're we're (laughs) sitting actually in your home can you describe the room that we're in like tell us about it how it came to be we're in my home okay so uh we're in through the art of of song (laughs) <laughs> we are in my home. There are dinosaurs. Actually, there are dinosaurs behind you. And that guitars window. behind you. Exactly. We're in uh, the second bedroom of uh, the condo that I live in with my husband, Adam. And this used to be our friend Jason's room. And now it's been restored into a creative space slash studio slash spare bedroom for people. There are guitars in the wall. There's some other interesting art things. There's some mood lighting. There's uh, some keyboards and microphones and, I don't know, weird plants. So. <laughs> Would you, and, and this is kind of your creative home at home? Um, yeah, I would say creative home at home in design world is absolutely here mm-hmm. and then in music world is shared between this space and tom's room okay. what's that my, like so tom is my primary co-creator of music not that i don't make music outside of tom but he's like my my go-to dude to write with right now we're in a band called night swim i'm sure steve and jp will talk about that more but so he also has a loft space um that he lives in with his girlfriend crystal and there's a room that's essentially this of his loft that's very uh set up for a weird electronic musicians. So basically that just looks like uh, a desk, 
a lot of weird looking keyboards and MIDI controllers and I don't know, maybe a guitar or two if we're feeling analog. Yeah. <laughs> huh. So you, you might not know this about me, but I, I also play music. Um, I'm not as good at it as you are. That's not true. Um, I've heard your voice. But it's very I, good. Oh, well, thank you. I, <laughs> I actually started music later in life because when I was in the fifth grade, I was singing. Oh. And uh, the, the girl in my class who heard me singing yelled at me and said, stop, you can't sing. <laughs> and then I didn't sing again until probably like That's late very... high school. Not where I thought that story was, was going. So, That's really mean. I was so terrified to Kids sing. Mean. Um, or, to, really or to approach mean. music. Yeah. And I, I, I wonder. And you, you care know. when you're a kid, too. You know, later oh, on in life, yeah, like, people like are that. like, you can't do that thing. And you're like, who are you? <laughs> I don't yeah. care. Did you, did you have like an experience or, or like a, a changing moment in your life that kind of drove you toward music and creative craft? Yeah, definitely. That's a great question. So fifth grade, what a formative time that that is. Love that you brought that up <laughs> because I remember um, we had the opportunity to be like in band in fifth grade. And I was like, I don't want to be a band nerd. Those music nerds, they're so weird. And then my music teacher, there was like a very basically gut, which is this is everything in my creative life is driven by gut because my whole life is literally just learning to trust there's something worth saying in my gut. Mm -hmm. So uh, the music teacher in fifth grade essentially heard that I had some kind of ear and it was like, is this pitch sharp or flat? And I somehow as a fifth grader was like, I don't know, maybe it's sharp. It could be totally coincidence, but he essentially begged me like, just give this a shot. And if you hate it, you can never do it again. Wow. So that's how I learned to read and play music. And uh, so then I found Avril Lavigne and picked up guitar and was like, yeah, I definitely need to learn how to play electric guitar, oh like God. Avril Lavigne, who what I later found this? out did not play guitar. Very disappointing. Wait, doesn't she, even know how to play it now. She didn't play guitar? So in her music videos, she plays guitar, yeah. but like yeah. fakes it. I heard it in any Her songs are so simple. I mean, anyone... She doesn't learn. even know how to play. She's just got that sweet, sweet Canadian voice. Even at this point. I still wish I was Canadian, honestly. Yeah. I wish I was Avril Lavigne. Sure. He's a skater boy. She said, see you later, boy. He wasn't good enough for her. Again, he kids not, are mean. <laughs> he was not good That's enough right. for her. Um, yeah, so I started playing guitar. And then when I was 15, I discovered that I could sing. Mm. Um, someone else told me. Ah, well, that's nice. I, someone I told you you could sing. It's the same. I, I think my mantra for all of life is if you can't stop doing it, then don't mm. resist that. Like, I still wrestle all the time, definitely less than I did with like, do I actually have a good voice? Am I technically skilled as a singer or do mm. I just have like a good vibe? Mm. A lot of my voice is very like airy and not tech, like not technically developed as much as like a vocalist. Mm. So I definitely wrestle with that quite a bit. But I think if it's something you can't stop doing, then like for me, it was I reached a point into the teen years, into after playing guitar and being like, you know what, I'm just a guitarist, I'm just the musician. Being like, I just, I write melodies and, you know, maybe someone else could sing them better than I could, but I can't get away from this. Mm. So I'm just going to go with it. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. Now, did you have other bands and, and things that you did before your current one? Uh, I have a lot of really angsty sad acoustic music that's not on the internet thank goodness um, all my friends i talk to that are like in bands now are like oh man remember when we were in this project and it was so 
sad and angsty and the world heard it. And I'm like, oh, glad I didn't have a pure volume account then. <laughs> <laughs> so like the MySpace days, the pure volume days, like I refrained from posting things there, but I have archives of music from that time. That was just me. And thank God no one heard it. Why didn't um, you post it? I think partially fear and partially like um, not feeling technically able to pull something together that felt internet appropriate. Cause that was kind of the time where like people were like recording acceptable demos in their bedrooms. Mm -hmm. And I still like, wasn't quite at that stage. And then I was in a folk band for a while called Collington. Um, and that's still a band. It's just one dude named James and he's rocking it. Um, and then I was in a bunch of church worship bands, um, that kind of, you know, kind of traveled in and out between those. And then night swim is really the first project of like, this is something that we're putting into the world that is just us and yeah, not sure how it's going to be received or it was kind of a thing of, we think this is cool. We like doing this. And if other people are into it, that's awesome. But there was, um, kind of a low expectation. And I think like pros and cons of that, you know, there's two sides of partially, partially there's no like brand strategy. There's no like, Hey, we're going to release this music and you know, every four months we'll release a song and we're going to have this type of storyline and these type of visuals. I think it's to a fault, maybe unplanned, but also to me that still feels really fresh and organic. So I do a lot of strategy thinking in my day job. So for me, it feels really refreshing to not have to be like, hey, what's the next four singles going to look like mm. visually? Would it be beneficial to do that? Absolutely. And sure. we probably should be thinking about that. <laughs> Even now, like Tom is like, you know, he runs our social media like very inconsistently. <laughs> but to me, that's what makes it feel like organic and low pressure and keeps me wanting to go back to it after. Yeah, that'll keep you life. going with it instead of, I don't know, burning yeah. out on it or feeling like, yeah, you're putting the same pressures you put on yourself at work. So absolutely. What prompts you to put this project out in the world versus all of the other stuff that you've done? Meaning Night Swim? Meaning yeah, like why music. Why does Night Swim get to see the light of day? So I think Night Swim gets to see the night of day because light of day. The night of I day. I like the night of day. It was sort of like you were <laughs> slipping it in there like, listen, this is Night Swim branding. There's no I in day. The night swim of day. <laughs> um, just to be totally transparent because there's someone else involved. <laughs> mm -hmm. There's like a co-creator who has investment and time and say in what we do. And... Truthfully, if it was just me, it might never make it into the world. Not because I think it's terrible or because I think it's not worth listening to, but um, man, that's a good question. I think having another person who has invested as much as I have and who feels a good amount of creative ownership of what we're doing and, and wants to show the world feels like, oh yeah, I guess, I guess you're right. I guess we should. Um, but it definitely wasn't created with the intent of we need people to hear this. Um, and that's always, especially outside of like, I'm getting paid to be creative type land. Um, <clears throat> to me, that always feels like uh, a motivator of am I creating with the consumer in mind? Because so much of my creative thoughts are with the consumer in mind. And that's a really valid and good way to think. But in music, I never, I want very much to split those worlds where it's very self-expressive. It's like, you know what? Everyone else might think this is awful, but I am really vibing to this right now. And I'm having a great time doing it. And so if it feels authentic and self-expressive and right to me, then 
that's enough for Night Swim. But for Tom, he's like, hey, this is enough. And also other people might like it. So having that other half to kind of prompt our brand, if you will, has definitely been the push of releasing stuff into the world. I mean, it was cool for us to be able to actually like to listen to it. And when, yeah. you know, we're talking about having you on the show, like one of my first questions to JP was like, have you, have you heard this? Did you listen to it that day that we ran into you? At no, Light I swear to God, I know like <laughs> I did actually. Cause you. I, you're probably like, oh, JP just followed me on like four types of social media and like all these things. Like, uh, he's either stalking me or he's listening to our music and it was listening to the I music. So. Oh, um, good. I hope so. No, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's on uh, a couple of my playlists now. It's, uh, oh. yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not good at analyzing music. So music for me. per stream. That's right. I actually just leave it on repeat all day, hoping that you just accumulate. Uh, is it really? Well, we can get into that, I guess. Point two cents. Yeah, it's probably less to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Sad zone. Um, yeah, I'm not good at describing why I like music in particular, but no, it definitely, uh, it definitely vibed with me. So it's something that's going to stay on my uh, rotation. So, yeah. It feels good. Anytime anyone resonates with it, it's like, that's just an added bonus because like I said, not created with consumer in mind entirely anyway. I mean, there were definitely some production decisions that were like, you know, this feels more pop, this feels more relatable, but initial ideation and just pure creative output of the song is like, maybe no one will get this and that's totally okay. So when people are like, oh, I totally relate to this, that feels really, um, and maybe it's just the baby stages of a band and, and it's hard because we've kind of been writing together for almost a year at this point and haven't released stuff together for a long time. It's just, you know, we have a few singles that are in the world, but for the most part, a lot of our stuff is still very like in the production stages. It feels really cool if someone is actually into it and has no real reason to flatter us. It's like not a friend or not a person that's like in our immediate lives that's into it. It's very surprising still to me. It doesn't, I'm like, oh, why do you care? But thank you. Thank you for caring. That feels cool. Yeah. Well, and it's, I, I think like as a friend too, it's like, it's almost like hard to be into another friend's music because oh, like there's, totally. there is this sort of like, it feels a little bit awkward because it's like, I know you and what you're singing about. It's like, yeah, like it's songwriting. Yeah. It's vulnerable. And yeah, it reveals the detail of yourself naked to the world. Yes. And, and so like as, as your friend, like listening to that, it's, it's a little bit like, I, I feel like I'm like getting into a room of your house that like, I'm really not supposed to be in. What a great analogy. It's I just well, painting thanks. word pictures, Steve. But it's just it is it is really bizarre. Um, so interesting. Yeah, no one's ever said that. Cool. Um, I, but it it's funny because on the other side, it's like it doesn't that doesn't stop me from enjoying it or getting into it. But there is almost this like tentativeness or like or wanting to be careful yeah. when approaching you know your art because there is this like level of intimacy and sort of like now this like new knowledge. Yeah. Of this thing that's like, you didn't know that was there. Yeah, well, yeah, and I, I guess maybe oh, it's, it's similar to like <laughs> if if you listen to someone's podcast for like twenty episodes and then you meet them and they you know now you know have a lot more about yeah. you. Absolutely. Or, sorry, you know a lot more about them than they know about you. And it's well, like there's this familiarity that that comes with that, and it's like I almost have to like be careful. Like I feel like we need to like talk about these songs. Absolutely. Before yeah. I listen to them. hundred <laughs> percent. That's so funny because you say that I feel that way about JP. So context for listeners. I'm like, not that I'm not real life friends with you too, but I'm like definitely real life friends closer to Steve and yeah. definitely know JP by proximity and like listening to point by point. 
I'm sure you've plugged that somewhere else in this. Pl- I don't know if this what podcast is point by point. Point okay. by point. Uh, okay, no one tell knows people about-, about it. <laughs> what is point by point? It's a casual conversation about life between two friends. That's actually uh, a better description than our <laughs> description. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that's it. There you go. Tagline. Boom. Marketing. Could you also introduce us in every episode and call us the Jess Crofts? And... Yes. Can you be no, Jess Crofts? That was so good. Um, but yeah, no, I felt that way. I was like, oh, I actually like know a decent amount about JP. And then I'm just like joking around with you like Steve would, which right. is maybe not appropriate. <laughs> but oh, I'm no. just like, oh, it's... No, it's JP. It's totally appropriate. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, yeah, I'm incapable of not joking around. So I appreciate when people joke around with me because I, I just break down if they're very serious. Um it's interesting, you know, like not to, um, well, I'm a dumbo and I don't appreciate things at the same level other people do. I feel like at the surface level, but when, you know, you described the fact that like when you listen to a podcast for a while, you start to get to know somebody mm-hmm. and it is like, you literally get like an information dump about them. Right. Yeah. And like, you're saying, you know, like, you know, you feel like you know me a little bit because I've told people about like, I can't think of the things I've said. I but mean, I, honestly, I know your Enneagram number. And, and that's, that's just all there is. It's really <laughs> vulnerable information. It, it really is. You know, when you actually I know like, what you're driven by. That's true. <laughs> you're like, I know what you're driven by, and I can destroy you if I need to. Uh, but, yeah, the... I do, actually, I mean, like, I, I hadn't really thought about it before. But, yeah, the you, you get an emotional level from people, from music. Yeah. Versus, like, the, the information dump is at a more subtle mm-hmm. um is of a more subtle texture than yeah. a data dump that you get from a podcast, but they both approach things. They give you a similar result, just in a completely different way. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I definitely feel that. I mean, I don't feel like I've gone to a room of your house um, that I shouldn't go into. I feel like you were like, hey, here's a part of me and yeah. enjoy. Um, or don't, and that's okay too. Or don't, but I did. So whew, yeah, well, thanks. lucked out for that one. Um, you just no, had to say that for this podcast. <laughs> no, I ge- it's it's like how awkward would it be to go on a podcast and be like, I didn't like it. I guess it would be very authentic, but it would be very awkward. That but might I really... be a more interesting conversation, though. So anyway, we just antagonize know, our guests. Right? <laughs> Maybe um, that's the tack we take with Tom. We're just like, okay. So dude, do you even play drums, though? Dude, just ask him that. So much hi hat. Yes, so much. So hi-hat. much hi hat. <laughs> yeah. The tone, the tone on that hi hat. Come on, <laughs> it's so. Good. Okay. I was listening. Like I, I had to, you know, re-listen to to some of it today because I wanted to like get in the vibe of it and and sort of figure Shucks. out like, okay, if there's one song that we like borrowed from you to play at the end of the episode, like, which one would it be? Is it is it even out? The, so the song that you would want us to play at the end of the episode is it even out yet? Um, like, have you I would written say, it yet? Uh, hmm. At this point in time, it'd probably be wavelength. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, But I can play you guys one that's not fully mastered after this. That might be it. It's called Fiji. Okay. And that feels like, so our producer, this guy that's like really partnered with us in a great way in a production role. And initially we thought he was going to do, well, the fun thing about Night Swim is everyone involved in the project, which is actually very in a very minute way more than just me and tom has really kind of settled into their roles as far as owning their piece of the project so a year ago tom and i hardly were friends which is a joke between us that we started writing together and like three months into it i was like i don't even know if are we friends (laughs) are you friends with me i'm not sure um but yeah one of our uh our producer was saying that he noticed that our writing 
has progressed as far as like each person taking their um, roles more seriously within the project. So I think Fiji is a really good working title by the time it gets to the world. Hopefully it's still called Fiji because that was the initial intent of the song. But um, yeah, it kind of feels like each of us taking more ownership in our piece of the role. But I think right now Wavelength feels the best. It feels really pop. It feels like there's hook, but there's also like if you look a little bit deeper into the production, into the sound design, there's some sounds that are really just not able to be made with instruments that that's like props to tom there so that feels good i would say probably wavelength yeah cool all right i'm excited to hear fiji yeah yeah me too secrets yeah. not for the podcast but no, no. <laughs> soon no, enough we'll maybe wait. by the end of the summer it'll be like all set and mastered mm. what's your favorite track steve i liked wavelength a lot um because i love a good pop hook yeah, it's real pop hook. It's so well, good. Well, it's coming from the man who has a literal playlist of songs that is just the Bleachers song, Don't Take the Money, with like every once in a while there's like one other song and then it's just Bleachers. Like yeah, the whole, it, that's Steve's podcast. It's called Gone Now, where every other song is Don't Take the Money. <laughs> it's so good. It's the whole album, but so every good. other song is the same song. <laughs> I've listened to that song over 250 times now. You know, I have. I think I have a problem because I still don't you know, know all the words. Pop music is good. Pop <laughs> music so good. is good. That's very good. He's uh yeah he's he's writing, he's writing what I think is really the second best you know pop music in the world right now. So so what's the first? Can I there's ask? no I in pop music. Ah oh, darn it, there is. Well, oh, but there's no I in Night Swim. So that's if it's not Justin Bieber, get out of here. Who who do you think is is making the best music right now? Like who's mm. on the top of their game? I think it depends uh, objectives for that. Like pop music is a really weird, different thing, mm. and I think there's a lot of people doing a lot of really interesting stuff that's not meant to be mass market, if you will. Uh. So. So yeah, I don't really know how to answer that okay. question. Okay. Well, who do you who do you love right now? Who's like on repeat? Like you well, can't stop listening to. Huh. Um, <clears throat> I like to listen to a lot of music that isn't the type of music that I make. I feel like it gives me a deeper well to draw from, if you will. Um, but on the flip side of that, Tom and I are always into San Holo and just obsessed with his creation process and him as a producer and a writer and a. You know, he wears a lot of different hats, which I think is really important. And, well, I think this translates across music and design in all of the creative pursuits that I have. Uh, wearing a lot of hats, I think, is really valuable in a way that it didn't used to be. Um, especially in the design world, being a generalist used to be mm -hmm. an insult. Mm -hmm. My friend Chloe Sheffy re uh, recently wrote an article about that. Um, and I think it's so valid in music and design and any creative pursuit, like, you got to, like, being someone who can write and produce, and, like, he shreds guitar, like, Son Holo shreds. Mm -hmm. He's a really good guitarist. That's really valid. So I'm constantly blown away by what he's doing. Also, always love Porter, Robinson, and Maddie, and, like, they're, like, super fun EDM dudes. But in, like, songwriting world, um, Phoebe Bridges, I think, is crushing it right now. She's an incredible songwriter. Like, I think she's a Nashville lady, but... She's definitely crushing the songwriting game. And uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. I think that's, that's pretty much it for my like repeat playlist right mm -hmm. now. So. Cool. Definitely some people we need to check out. 
Phoebe Bridges. She's yeah. real good. Check her out. You'll get good the feels. Name. Yeah, she's good. A couple questions about those. Yeah. If you don't mind. Yeah. One. Uh, how now? So you mentioned like <laughs> Steve is currently snuggling a pillow and drinking gin and tonic in the corner. Um, the you mentioned that there's different like uh, what objectives for how you would describe like the different uh, people that you prefer to listen to and who you think is doing yeah. really great things. Uh, those people that are those more like underground artists or are they more popular artists? So like I'm you know full disclosure I'm more of like a <laughs> Uh, metalhead guy, I guess you could say. Oh, you would love Adam. <laughs> Who is this Adam that you speak of? Um, he lives here. Oh, I'll, have to t- I'll have to talk with him afterwards. Um, and so I enjoy pop music. I enjoy electronic music, but I don't mm-hmm. really like follow anything specifically. Yeah. So, you know, how did you get into these artists? Like, how do people find out about these artists? Are these super popular people or? I don't know. Um. Also interesting question because all of the questions you guys are asking are like so in my mind anyway, in my like very small sector of the world, like really wrapped up into the fact that culture is continuously changing. So I think four years ago, Spotify was a really different place than it was. And I definitely still discover music on Spotify. I think it's like a really cool place to be as a new artist, but overall it's not as easy to break into like you'd um it used to be really easy for a lot of new artists to break into like a like new uh spotify playlist and then Mm. you did get discovered that way and now i think it's a lot of um at least i wouldn't say this is across the board but in my experience um word of mouth other musician friends people that tell me like hey check out this person's songwriting or this person really resonated with me what do you think of this And then also live music being a thing that has to evolve a little bit, which is always exciting. I'm always excited by the prospect of change. It doesn't scare me as I think it does some designers and musicians, but people don't need to go see live music anymore unless there's real musicianship or a real like visual experience or a real like, I need a reason to leave my house right now. Definitely. Yeah. Um, people are changing the way that they experience live music. So for me, I found a lot of great songwriters. Margaret uh, Glaspie is a great person who I um, saw. Just she happened to be opening for Milk Carton Kids, and I fell in love with her. Like everything about her songwriting, her performance, her brand. And by the end of the show, I was sold. And if I heard her music on Spotify, she's great. But I don't know that I would have been as captivated as I was with just one woman. An electric guitar, which she shredded, by the way. Like, always props to ladies that can shred. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. Hopefully that answers your question a little bit. Yeah, it does. I mean, it's it's interesting that you say live music is a pretty important component of it. Because I actually, I definitely resonate with, I I have a hard time getting myself to go to yeah, live like, shows Yeah, like, why do much. I, even if you like the band, like, yeah. why are you going to leave your house? I can listen to it on Spotify. And, like, up until I was about, like, I, I mean, even up until, like, five or six years <laughs> ago. He is making, like, the weirdest faces. I'm, like, making that, that is sacrilegious face. Yeah, maybe I, it's I sacrilegious. Love, I love the live show. You're a I, musician, though. You yeah, know? right. I, actually, that, that may be If I don't care about, you know, Man. why am I leaving my house? Yeah, going to, going to, for me, like, I'm sorry, I'm, like, totally projecting <laughs> into your conversation, but, like. To, to be at the show and to to see the musicians perform and it doesn't really matter like I have to I have to like like the band and know their songs to to get into it right so for me to go to a live show where I don't know the person I will not get into their music 
But yeah. if I go to a show, you gotta where, go to someone that will change the game for you. Then uh, I don't. So I don't. I don't know. I don't, that hasn't happened yet. But it, I'm open oh, to it. Oh, we gotta go to some shows. Together, um, then. We gotta like go to some. I but I when when I saw there, there's a few bands just in general that I like when I saw churches play live. Oh, I yeah. had no idea that they've they were got just their visual game strong. People. They're two people, and they have thought really hard about their live performance it's, and how that's very different than their recorded music. It's incredible. Um, yeah, it's a it's a whole other piece of their project. So I'm, yeah, it's it's like an art form unto itself. Yeah, and, definitely. And, you know, and sort of seeing it live was like. Oh, you can play that instrument like that. Like I had no idea that that yeah. instrument worked that way, and know, and that really tends to be the oh, case. Oh, she plays with an OP one, which like music nerd, like that's my favorite. Yeah, analog synthesizer. It's so good. It's it's incredible. But I, yeah, I mean that's that's oftentimes any live performance I go to, it's always that revelation of you can play that like that, you can yeah. sing that like that, you can do that like that. Oh, what are they doing there? Like, there's there's always like something that I'm like I dial into, and I'm like, yeah. oh. Uh, this is the this is like the human I'm watching play the instrument tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like on Spotify or like iTunes, I don't. I, I guess maybe like YouTube could be the closest analogy to me of like replacement of the live show. But even then, it's just like I there's something different about like really being able to see someone like move their hands across a fretboard or like pound on a drum set. That's like just like gets that like kinesthetic kind of like visual learning. Mm. It just like locks it in yeah. in a way that. I don't get like listening to a song or seeing it on YouTube. There's like something like yeah. there's like this human energy component in a live show that just anyway. Sorry, you're this, a rare breed. This is your show. You're a rare breed. No, <laughs> it's it's not. It's yours too. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that definitely. I mean, you're definitely showing the musician perspective, right? Because you're talking about like how they're playing the instrument and like yeah. how I feel about how they play. What the if instrument. I don't care about how they move their fingers across the? Program, yeah, and yeah. I mean, I I play drums, and so like. Um, I like really technical music. I enjoy watching a drummer that's just like boggles yeah, my mind how they do things. Yeah, you obviously love metal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I don't listen to, well, I don't have to get into that. But I enjoy seeing a really <laughs> phenomenal drummer, and I love that. I think maybe the thing that people who aren't musicians could relate to is there is a different context of being at a show and... Um, being like enveloped by the music you know mm, it's like yeah. you, you're not you it's don't listen experience. to music yeah exactly like your you're... whole body is feeling music when you're at a show um that you can't get from youtube unless i don't know you put some like giant speaker next to you as you're listening to it or something but so i, I can appreciate that um there's maybe just like an old man inside of me who's like yeah. oh, you're gonna be the band the band you want to see goes on at 11 you'll be so sleepy by then I'm like oh okay you're that right was old a man perfect impression <laughs> <laughs> that's i mean that's literally like i'm like oh man i'd love to see that band what order are they in how many bands are playing oh there's five and it starts at nine hmm i do enjoy spotify though <laughs> yes i i hear that yeah and i'm gonna drive to you know anyways i don't have to go into old man river just like yeah. not wanting to get in his canoe and ride up to the show but I feel you. I feel both sides of it, but I can definitely see how I think that's an as a interesting consumer, perspective of yeah. how people would find music. Yeah. I definitely relate more to Steve on a consumer level. Like I absolutely enjoy the musicianship of shows, but I'm thinking mass market. I'm thinking yeah. I make music that is there's fifty different synth tracks here. Why would someone leave their house at perhaps too late in the night? <laughs> <laughs> you know, to see this. So But like ooh. Bjork. Right. Uh, well, she's her own beast of gorgeousness. Like, think about like on on an album. It's like sure you can you can manufacture most of this on a synth, but to see that like yeah. there's something it unlocks something. Yeah. 
um, that I completely agree. The thing is like wildly fascinating. And I mean, I can see the, the album perspective too of like you sit down with this wonderful album where every, hopefully, right, or maybe not, but like hopefully every decision has been considered Mm-hmm. and the track has been put down and the producer has done their job and the engineer yeah. has done their job and the musicians have, have shown up mm-hmm. and, and done this thing and released <laughs> the <laughs> yeah. product. Yeah. He, yeah. Gave, he gave the musicians <laughs> the least. <laughs> the cellos just, they were like, we're not coming today. The instruments are sitting in <laughs> a room yeah, and they're just recording soon. the sound of the room. Yeah. Um, but like, hope, hopefully you get this thing out of it that's like alive yeah. and, and bristling with energy. But sometimes you don't. Like sometimes the live show is... Yeah. Like, is that person's best work? And if you don't, if you have just listened to the album. Yeah, you haven't experienced the full. Yep. Like, we've seen so many artists live who we see live. And you know what? Like, they, they like, they hook us on that live show. And then we pop in the album after. And it's like, hmm. Not as good. Somebody didn't show up. Yeah. Like, somebody, somebody's not doing their job today. That's how every jam band in my whole life has been. (laughs) I see them live and I'm like. Wow, that's pretty awesome. Then I listen on an album. I'm just like, I'm so bored because I enjoyed watching you do this so much more than I enjoy listening to you do it. Who's your guilty pleasure band? Speaking of jam bands. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I feel no guilt about any of the music I listen to, but right? absolutely Fall Out Boy. Yeah. Nice. I love Fall Out Boy. I always have. Do you have any music you feel guilty about not liking? Mm. Like you should like it, but you don't. Or you'd be maybe ashamed to tell someone that like, I'm hey, not into that. I don't like Radiohead. <laughs> that's such a good that's such a good analogy. i wish i didn't like radiohead just because that's the perfect yeah. analogy i tried so hard and they're so good but i hate them i so i feel like actually the, I be, the beatles don't like bob dylan bob dylan okay yeah okay i think his voice is awful very bad uh, yeah. i just lost half of your well maybe he just he's lost. a great songwriter i think he's a great songwriter you got a lot I of dill heads content. on this show <laughs> a lot of you know, dill weeds maybe but he the dude can't sing yeah. And you know what? His voice died a lot. I don't like. I don't like. I don't like Bob Dylan. Sure. <laughs> don't tell anyone. There's Local woman Jess Croft know. says, oh, "I don't like Bob." <laughs> no, it's honestly. It feels like a. It feels like a conspiracy theory. So it's but, polarizing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. great songwriter, but get someone else to sing, bro. Yeah. I mean, that's why so many people have covered his songs and not eclipsed him, but like all along the Watchtower, right? Is that a? That's originally a Dylan song. Am I right? And then. It was covered by Jimi Hendrix, and Jimi Hendrix like yeah, shredded, tore it obviously. Mm. Like, yep. yeah, beautiful songwriting craft. Let someone else just carry it. There's so many like funny stories about him at like the Newport Folk Fest, just being a total dingus, d hole. Yeah, <laughs> like what's the appropriate phrase to I say? I don't know if we can swear on this podcast. Yeah, yet, I don't. But know if, if you want to, either. you can. We'll just we'll bleep it I'm out. I'm gonna we'll... like wait for you guys to do it, and then I'll like. I f- I'm feel like I'm sitting in the corner like sweating while you guys are talking about like what do you feel like a guilty pleasure pleasure is about, <laughs> or like what do you feel what do you feel guilty about not liking? I'm like I don't like so many things. Oh man, <laughs> don't ask me. Well, okay. So we, what, yeah, uh, I was gonna say yeah, we can transfer to you. No, it's fine though. I just wanted to say that. JP, guilty pleasure, go. Is it K-pop? What K-pop band is it? K-pop is so good. Don't even... Yeah, K-pop and J-pop are great. Although I don't think I could actually name... I feel like maybe there's this band called Baby Metal, which is like a K-pop metal band. Oh, yeah. That I... Yep, I know about... I almost feel guilty about. And then I'm like, I don't care. I don't. I I feel guilty that I like them so much. And it is like legitimately regular K-pop in that like the, the three women in the front, like... 
probably don't do anything actually except i mean they doesn't sing, even matter they're a it brand doesn't matter. yeah but then there's a band behind them that's also very good yeah um that literally i think they wear like all black or something like that and you don't like really see it's them so consumable yeah Dude, i'm all about that yeah no <laughs> I, I don't feel guilty or not guilty about any band really uh, there's a band i've been really into lately called igor i-g-o-r-r which is just like this extreme metal slash electronic music slash like classical slash just insanity it like switches every few seconds it's very screwed up but i just really enjoy listening to it um that's not a guilty pleasure i just like it anyways i feel ashamed to like what you like i don't my if you ever saw my i have this playlist called uh nothing because i then you could find it on on spotify but uh it's so friggin' random boy anyways it's just like rap and then k-pop and then extreme metal and, and then, then night swim and then it marks and then metal. it's actually there's 900 tracks 899 are night swim songs and one song is a baby metal song <laughs> well, so that's good. they let you do repeat tracks on yeah Spotify, you know i've so, heard that yeah. yeah 500 of them are serotonin that's my favorite night swim song that little guitar hook mm. yeah that was that. what tom likes to refer to as the porn guitar <laughs> it is a little bit yeah did you uh did you ever release fruitcake or did that stay uh stay hidden it's in SoundCloud world. Yeah. So we wrote not... it in 48 hours. We thought it'd be fun to do a Christmas song. We produced it ourselves and released it to the SoundCloud vibes and didn't feel like spending the money to just truthfully, like, here's the, here's the behind the curtains. Like yeah. we like the song. It was fun to make ourselves and to distribute music. It's, you know, I don't know however much, 10 or $20 a year. Mm-hmm. We were like, we're not going to make that back on streams. Like, let's just. For people that care about it, it's on SoundCloud. Enjoy. It costs that much per song? Yeah. Wow. Or, I mean, I think you can release like a record as well, but um, we didn't feel like spending the money to make that part of the Night Swim discography. I wondered about that because I also followed you on SoundCloud. Yeah. There'll probably, you know what? I think there's going to be some more stuff on SoundCloud than the main like music streaming venues. And also, I think what we're toying around with slash not toying around with probably will be the case is that when we play live, there will be songs that are like best suited for live music that will like save to be part of like that live experience. Like talking about going back to what we were talking about before, like crafting the experience of why would you come see an electronic band live? Especially when it's just two people, it's just me and Tom. So there's some songs that are like, we really are stoked about and they feel really good, but I think they'll be better live, which yeah. is weird to say. But yeah, so there might be a couple SoundCloud slash only live songs. And you guys have a visual aspect to your show too, right? Or no? That's definitely what we're going for. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Because like I saw that on Instagram, to... there was some like a visual component that wasn't. Uh, we're was. thinking about the visual component quite a bit. Um, I am a visual artist as well, but because of that, I want other people besides myself especially when it comes to like the sonic visualization of what you do like i want other friends that make stuff besides me to have creative say in that because i know it'll just be better so so yeah there definitely will be a visual component to night swim live will you will you guest on any acoustic instruments or do you think you'll keep it purely electronic because i know you play quite a few I mean, you, you told us earlier. So yeah, the that, flute. That's how I know. She oh, sings gosh. the flute, the guitar. Ugh. 
I guess so. Well, we actually are in the process of recording one of Wavelength, actually. We're yeah. in the process of recording Wavelength Acoustic. Um, we did like an acoustic show with like guitar and we both had guitars and there was also um, like a teenage engineering pocket operator, which for those unfamiliar is essentially, it looks like a tiny calculator. It's this tiny little analog synth. And we had that as the beat and we we're people responded to it really well. So we we're thinking about just doing a couple of acoustic songs with that. Tom is traditionally a bassist. Yeah. So I think that works well. And I can play guitar moderately well <laughs> better so, than avril lavigne let's just say that honestly avril lavigne i'm still devastated that she can't play guitar <laughs> i'm sorry i didn't like mean to, just learn a g chord you can play just put the capo on and you can play any song that you wrote yeah I mean. yeah so i'm still sad about that one yeah I, if i can do it so can you avril lavigne you can do it i learned all do her it, songs do it, avril do it avril yeah, come on do avril. it avril do it do it, Avril. Do it, Avril. Uh, no. You're not no, going to get a chant going out of us. Well, all right. What, uh, we'll see. So speaking of like, so starting new, like Avril Lavigne, if she wanted to actually play her songs, she'd have to like pick up a guitar and learn how to play it. Maybe what, she um, does by now. It's been quite a few years I since I've kept true. up with her. She's, she's still married from the guy uh, Nickelback? She married the Nickelback guy? I have guy? no idea. It's been many years since <laughs> I've kept up with her. Um, if So this, this is ostensibly a podcast about trying something new and having it tr- transform your life so we we do did the thing, do the thing do the thing we, we wanted to have basically like a segment of each show where we go into like kind of just starting out um, yeah so kind of putting yourself in the shoes of a young jess croft or even a jess croft your age who doesn't yeah. who has the desire but maybe doesn't have the talent yet Okay. Or has the desire. I don't and consider the talent, myself talented. But, Anyone can do this. But doesn't want to put herself out there yet. Um, what what advice? So maybe twofold, right? So what advice would you give? One. Okay. And then two. How does someone get started? Well, I think a great preface is that I don't consider myself overly talented. I think talent implies that there's not a lot of. Uh, I don't think you need drive to have talent. I think there's people that are extremely talented that can just whip something out with little to no effort or drive. So, uh, you know, to quote the podcast, you can do it, do it. Um, Do the thing that you can't help but do. It's like I said at the beginning, I can't not write melodies. I can't not create visual worlds, which sounds honestly, from someone that's never like seen my work visually, it sounds pretty pretentious and honestly like a little uh disgusting (laughs) in my mind but um I can't help but do it so even if it's quote-unquote bad according to whomever's standards like you can uh you can hack stuff together you can communicate what is in your mind that's worth saying with very little experience or talent I think if you have something to say, there are ways to say it that are not overly technical, that are not overly require a degree or like, yeah, maybe I have a degree in design or whatever, but I don't think you need that nowadays, especially with what I was talking about before, the evolution of music and visual arts. You can have an iPhone and you can be an actual artist. Like you don't need a ton of, which it's incredibly exciting for someone who 
has a salary based on a creative job, it's a little intimidating because any person that's 18 years old can come along and have a more creative vision than me and just learn how to express it with whether it's hacking together a Photoshop composite, doing some kind of like hack together iPhone thing, going on mextures after taking some photography on your iPhone and be way better than like a DSLR traditional photographer. That's all in the realm of possibility these days. So I think if you have something to say and you have a vision that you want to express, there's a million ways to do that now. And you don't have to be a professional. You don't have to have the technical background. You just have to have the vision in my mind. And if you don't have that, that's okay too. You just have to watch a lot of stuff, read a lot of stuff, ingest a lot of stuff that you think is really cool. Mm. Basically just fill your well. It's like I was saying um, with draw, having a well to draw from, like music that I, is music that I don't write. Mm. Um, if you want to be a visual artist or you know whatever it may be, just consume a lot of the types of things that you think are really cool and interesting and make stuff that emulates that. Um, a bunch of, you know, a bunch of artists will tell you just copy what you think is cool and then make it your own. So hopefully that was like a little bit of what you were asking. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that's also how like a, a ton of artists get their start, right? I mean, even like I think so. extremely famous artists, some of their early work could be like, oh, you were just copying this other guy or this yeah. other person and eventually you developed your own style. And mm-hmm. So I think it's super valuable advice. I mean, I think Stephen King, you know, he, not to say Stephen King's the most wonderful artist in the world. Um, he but like he, say, reads like he reads like 70 books a year or something crazy like that. I mean, a guy yeah. who produces as much as he does, he consumes a crazy amount of other people's art yeah. and creativity. So, yeah. I think every artist or creator or even to zoom out beyond someone who's creating something, because I don't think it necessarily has to be like a quote unquote creative endeavor. Someone who's outputting something that they feel is beneficial. Someone who's producing anything. Consuming is always a beneficial thing. Even if you don't particularly gleam from any of that. Um, I don't know. Watching, listening, observing, having a deeper well to draw from always feels really, really helpful. So question mark question really helpful really helpful i think so <laughs> i love i mean i love that analogy of a you know filling your well so yeah. that's pretty great did you come up with that i'm sure i stole it from somewhere well then that's, <laughs> that's, that's even it, better it's it part even, of the well that it I emphasizes <laughs> the point of what you're like listen my best analogy has been stolen you can do it you can do it just do it just do it yeah um i do have a question i mean i know we've been going for a while so i don't want to I want to respect your time a little bit. I don't oh, want no, to just yeah. go on forever. I'm, I'm down. But um, I noticed that uh, you're going to be doing a talk about failure in design. Is that accurate? Indeed. And uh, I mean, I, I don't know specifically what the talk is about, and you don't necessarily have to go into that here. Yeah. But I was just kind of interested in, so you, you, you're you going to be doing a talk about, uh, I'm assuming, presumably about failures <laughs> you've had in, desi- here's in, in design. Here's how I failed. Yeah, here's how I failed. Yeah. And I feel a little bit like I almost want more of your personal work it makes me feel like i want more of your personal work to come out yeah. and that maybe like your your you know your your personal music that you're saying like uh tom has helped you get that out there you know like for instance uh i i wouldn't be doing like 
I talked with a lot of people about doing podcasts for a while Mm -hmm. and just like, Hey, it'd be fun to do a podcast sometime. Fun to do a podcast sometime. And they're like, ah, you know, but like, and yeah. And then, and then then at one point, yeah. And then I met Steve and it was like, Hey, it'd be fun to do a podcast sometime. And he was like, yeah, I would. And then like, he was like, Hey, I have two mics. And I'm like, I'm just, wait, what are we doing right now? He's like, we're doing a podcast. It was like, Oh, okay. And then we released a thing. Right. Yeah. I love a good Steve Carroll in your life. Yeah. And then it was just like, you know, and early on it was terrible, but eventually it started to become an actual like listenable thing. Uh, I think. And so it's kind of interesting that you're you're going to be talking about failure. And I, I feel like a little bit of why you haven't released some of your 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 standalone music is maybe a little bit of fear of failure. And not necessarily. I mean, maybe some of it is you're just like, this is just mine. I don't need to put it yeah. out there. But I don't know. I guess maybe it's not even a question I have, but just like, I kind of just want to hear some yeah. of your personal projects. And well... A little bit of it is on SoundCloud. There's okay. a couple of like only just stuff on SoundCloud. And that's, you know, in the recesses of, I think my SoundCloud name is OK Jess. OK Jess. Like okay. The letters OK and then Jess. Yeah. Um, but interestingly enough, good little plug here. That's something I'll be talking about more at the Failure by Design conference. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, I think a lot of that goes back to your mind frame of, whether or not something is created for someone else. Like so much of creative pursuits boil down to that for me, where in the design world, I think a lot of uh, design instinct and opinion I had wasn't, it's a good way to say this, it failed because it wasn't with the right consumer in mind. And this is a real controversial thing that I'm about to drop in this podcast, but I don't think design is fine art, meaning it's for a consumer. It's meant to communicate something. If you don't get what I'm trying to say with my design, then I failed because I'm supposed to be communicating to you what this product does or is or X, Y, Z. I think there's absolutely fine art graphic design, but that's not what I'm paid to do or what I've been doing for my career since I was 18. (laughs) Um, So that's what I'll be talking a little bit about is um, kind of shifting from being uh, a like, I'm cool and I know it's trendy and I can deliver some cool stuff versus like injecting that coolness into here's a consumable experience that any Walmart consumer can digest. You don't have to be on the same wavelength, the same wavelength as me, pun intended <laughs> for the song. Um, to understand that wavelength on Spotify now, night swim. Goodbye. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's a little bit of what I'll be talking about. And as far as music, completely self-expressive, completely not intended to be consumer facing And so I don't think it was only fear of failure, but failure being a standard that was only set by me and Mm. not others. So um, something that's a little bit hard to swallow in like consumer products world is like anytime a product quote unquote fails, the first thing that's looked at is like, oh, was the packaging or the graphics or the branding, was that good enough? Did people get it? Mm. And that's like, it might, it might just be like, no, your product was bad. <laughs> right. But that's like and often the first thing. kids. Do and, you guys remember and, how it killed kids? And there kids? was hair entanglement and all of these <laughs> standards. Um, but no, that's the first thing they look at. But for music, it's it's so much harder because it is mm. it is vulnerable. Like Steve said, it's going into a room with my house that maybe you're not supposed to be in, quote unquote. Um, but failure has different standards than it does for I mean, it's meant to be translated for mass market. So, yeah, there's some there's some stuff out there that you can hear that still seems like a failure, quote unquote, in my mind. Um, yeah, I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely check that Oops, out as yeah. well. 
Yeah, there's a song called Walk on Water that I really love and I want to make into something. It doesn't quite feel like Night Swim, but I think it's one of my favorite songs I've ever written. And it's pretty ethereal and moody. That's on SoundCloud? It is on SoundCloud. A real, I, record, I think I recorded the vocals in like a Apple headphones or something. It's, it's real rough. but Oh, man. <laughs> um, yeah, it's the same thing where it's like, it's not super consumable, but I think it's like a strong melody and a strong theme. And I really believe in it. And I think if somebody else heard it, it'd be like, wow, this is a total failure. There's no production value here. But for me, I'm like, yeah, this was a successful song that I wrote. And, you know, there's no brand or band attached to it. I just felt excited about this. So... Awesome. Yeah. Where can people learn more about the creative things that you're doing and, and putting out into the world? Okay. So uh, Night Swim with no vowels, N-G-H-T-S-W-M on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, even Napster. Ba-ba-da. Wow. Yeah. Right. So it's like even everywhere. Napster. Yeah. So we're, we're all the places there. Um, in design world, uh, done a couple freelance projects that aren't in the world yet, so sadly can't talk about those. But uh, Target, toys and games, that's mostly <laughs> what I think about nowadays. There's a product I recently worked on called Lost Kitties. It's awesome. Lost. Um, Lost Kitties? Kitties. Kitties. Little cats. Yes. Little cats oh, that are hiding in milk. Oh. They're little blind box cats. You can find them in Target. And uh, I don't know, made by Hasbro, but I feel some personal ownership. Feel really excited about that brand. Feel really stoked about the people I worked on it with. That is awesome. So what you're telling people is they should write your name in little letters on each box. You know, probably not my name. Okay. Probably not my name. Yeah, we don't want to release that into the world. Yeah, it's not. It's I feel less personal investment than that. (laughs) But but that feels good. Um, And then coming October and December, there will be some more Hasbro products that are very heavily just influenced. And then I guess the only other thing is there's like a donut shop opening up in Riverside, Rhode Island that I did some cool upfront branding thoughts for called Proud Mary's Donuts. It's a made to order donut shop and it's a sick line art portrait of a old badass woman with an eyebrow ring. So go check that out. Amazing. Yeah. When is that shop opening? Yeah. I genuinely wish you hadn't told me about it. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, supposedly this summer. Great. So I think awesome. they're still figuring oh. out their like, space and manager roles but very cool awesome well hey thank you so stinking much for coming on tonight this my was really pleasure cool. hopefully i talked about what you wanted me to talk about uh this is amazing <laughs> i mean we we learned from you it's not really about what you yeah. want to talk about it's what our audience wants you to talk about and uh i i hope you hit the nail on the head there <laughs> yeah i mean i hope so hopefully you guys are into no. stuff you can do it. Hopefully you guys are into It'd stuff. It'd be into stuff. Into you stuff. can do it. Do the things. Do all the things. Do all yeah. the things. Well, thanks. Thanks again. Really appreciate it. Thanks again for listening to You Can Do It, Do It, a podcast about people whose lives have been transformed by trying something new. Also, thanks to Jess Croft and Tom Sargent of Night Swim for the use of their song Fiji for this show. We cannot wait for you to hear it. We absolutely love it and are so grateful to have it on the show. Without further ado, here is Fiji by Night Swim. your decisions how do i fit into your big visions even in uncertainty tell me that you think of me 